Welcome to What's Going On, the weekly podcast and videocast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of What's Going On. I'm Pastor Katie Ricky here at First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. I'm so glad that you joined me for this episode. And I'm so glad that last week's episode uh, went over so well because I'm so excited to continue to reach out to some of the clergy that we have that uh, found their start here in this church. And so a special thanks to Sarah again for uh, helping me kick off that uh, new kind of series um, I say series, we're not going to be doing it every week, but I will continue periodically to reach out to those clergy and, and have them on the podcast to talk about uh, their experience here at Yankton and what uh, helped them uh, respond positively to God's call into ministry in their life. Um, I do want to just have a quick follow-up really briefly in that if you are someone who is feeling a call into ministry, if you are watching this or listening to this podcast and you feel God's nudging in some way, um, I would love to visit with you about that. Ministry doesn't always mean becoming a pastor and serving a church, but it can mean that. Um, you know, as, as we continue on into the future, we are looking at so many different ways in which to do ministry and the ways in which God calls us into ministry. Uh, and I'd love to be able to just uh, visit with you and, and help uh, in that discernment process and be a support for you. That's something that I really care about and, and just want to make that known and available to anyone who comes across this podcast. And so... I just think that um, with the with the history of this church and, and helping people find their way um, to answer God's call, it, it is something I want to continue, a legacy that I'd like to see continued. Um, and so kind of along that same vein, it, her, the conversation I had with Sarah really got me asking the kind of questions of what was so special about that time that so many um, of our young people really had the kind of faith that... Um, led them into uh, pastoral ministry. I mean, I do believe that it is a calling that God has called us into that. But I think, you know, even from my own story and my own experience, um, it takes a lot of support and it takes a lot of courage to answer a call like that. And, and most often people are willing to answer that kind of call when they have a supportive community around them, but also when they have dug deep enough into their own faith and discipleship. And so, you know, that really led me down the question of discipleship for our church. And, and I think that's a really important question to ask. If our mission as United Methodists is to make disciples of Jesus Christ and equip them for ministry in the world, which is, you know, our church's mission statement, what are we doing to make disciples? What are we doing to equip people? I think that has to be the core question um, for any church, and as as we evaluate what we're doing, as we evaluate if we're successful in what we're doing, and and it, to me, it goes back to kind of some of the bigger goals that um, we have for this year, especially around um, our church governance. Uh, change that that we're working toward right now and right now uh, we're we're getting feedback from uh, the different committees and teams that we have in existence right now and then probably starting in may we'll start meeting there'll be a small group that will start meeting in order to um, put those plans to paper and, and think through some of those details and making sure that 
that uh, what we're doing is going to work best for Yankton, work best for this church. Um, and so if you are someone who is passionate about uh, getting that change and making our, our administrative and our committees a little more streamlined, a little bit easier, a little clearer in their focus, uh, we are still looking for maybe one to two more people to join that group. But uh, it again goes back to discipleship. It goes back to part of the reason that we were interested in doing that was because we felt like um, we have a limited amount of time in people's lives to help equip them uh, for ministry in, in order to help disciple them. And we felt like most of the people in the church currently um, attend worship either in person or online. And then if they are um, a little bit more active, that they're probably attending a meeting of some kind, either in person or online. And is that the best way to equip and disciple people? Uh, and so we wanted to uh, work to get our um, structure for our church governance to be less top heavy, um, a little bit easier to make decisions, a little clearer lines of um, authority and things like that. But the main motivator, I would say for me personally, is that I want to get people out of meetings and into opportunities uh, to grow in discipleship, either through study or through service uh, in particular. And so that's kind of the overarching goal is how do we structure our church in such a way to help people grow in their faith, deepen their discipleship, and have a lasting impact uh, on their world. And so. One of the ways we're doing that is looking at our governance and, and simplifying some of those things and structuring it in a way that we still have the input that we need to make uh, the decisions that we need to make. And especially around our administrative things, we are kind of a large organization, making sure that that is where it needs to be. But then uh, the other side of it is kind of what I want to talk about a little bit more today, which is, okay, if our main uh, way to plug people in currently is to put them on a committee, um, and, and we want to try to maybe lessen meetings, what, what do we do instead? And I, I last week went on a planning retreat, uh, for a few days where I was working on, uh, sermon planning and scriptures and kind of where are we headed for this year? And God really started speaking to me. And, and I don't mean that like I heard a voice from the heavens come down, but I would say the way I describe it when, when I'm sermon writing, when I'm planning things out for the church, is things will kind of strike me uh, in a different way, that it's you know um, compelling to me in a way that maybe it wouldn't be at a different time or in a different place, um, that, that God seems to kind of just make me drawn to what I need to be drawn to. And there are times where I know that it's like, that would be interesting for me, but it's not where the church is right now. That's not what would be helpful for the church. And then there are times where I'm like, personally, this might not be the most interesting thing for me, but I, but I am compelled by it because it feels like it's the right thing for the community and and ultimately my job is to serve all of you and to make sure that i'm doing what i can to equip all of you and so one of the things that really jumped out at me at my planning retreat was something called the new testament challenge um which sounds daunting already doesn't it like a whole what are, what are you talking about <laughs> new testament challenge um it is, it is a new uh, study that has come out, and it is over the course of eight weeks, 
Um, it's inviting small groups in particular to read the entire New Testament. Um, over the course of eight weeks, um, you would get a New Testament, but it would be organized in a way that is not the way that it's organized in like a regular Bible. So the books would be in a different order and they're in a different order um, to kind of help facilitate that reading through the whole New Testament in a shorter amount of time. Um, oftentimes when people ask me if, you know, if they want to read the Bible, um, you know, where do we start? I think that's often a big question. Uh, and I usually direct people to the New Testament. And I usually direct people to the Gospel of Mark because I feel like that is, um, you're getting the story of Jesus, uh, but you're getting kind of the most condensed version. Mark really likes to keep the action moving. And so um, I kind of thought uh, that kind of fits with what I tend to do. If someone says, I really want to read the Bible through in a year, I tend to offer them um, a chronological study Bible because then you read everything as it happened in time rather than the way that it's organized in scripture now, which can be a little bit confusing to keep everything straight. Uh, and so I really was intrigued by that uh, and coupled that with um, having some conversations with people lately, feeling like they do want to get into scripture. They don't know where to start. They don't, they feel intimidated by it um, and they don't necessarily want to do it alone. And so I've got all of this swirling in my head and I decided that I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to challenge the church. I'm going to invite all of you over the course of the summer and particularly eight weeks, but you know, you can stretch it out a little longer if you need to. I want everybody to do the New Testament challenge, whether you've read the New Testament a hundred times or never. I think this will be a really great activity over the course of the summer um, to keep you steeped in God's word, to keep you invested. Um, and then also to start creating some small groups uh, in the life of the church. Right now, uh, we have two really active um, study groups that, that meet weekly. Um, and whenever I visit with the members of these groups, um, it, it just touches my heart how much they talk about that these these people have really been there for, for each other, that they've walked with each other through some really difficult times, that they're the ones that celebrate with each other, that they really get to know each other. Um, like when I was preaching about dancing together, these are the groups that really uh, have invested in one another, that know one another, that share each other's burdens, that share each other's joys, um, that really dig in and have fruitful conversation and spur one another uh, on in their faith. And I would love to see more of those kinds of groups happening in our church because ultimately what I would love to see is that when people come to our church and they are experiencing God and people are coming, Last week we had new people at both services and it and and new not just to me new <laughs> new to our church never never stepped foot in our church before 
um, coming to our worship services. And I would love to be able to plug them into the community of faith, uh, especially if someone were new to their faith coming into the church so that they would have people that would surround them and support them and love them and do life with them uh, and that they would feel like uh, they are known and able to know others. Uh, because right now, I think more than anything, people need community, people need connection, people need um, to be heard and they need to be able to really practice listening to one another and living uh, in community with each other. And so back to the challenge. So um, what, that, that, what it's gonna look like is um, if you are part of a group already, so if you're one of the two, in one of the two groups that are active currently um, in the church, if your group would like to do this challenge, awesome. I really, actually, I know one of them already will because I already kind of uh, proposed it to them. Uh, uh, let us know at the church to sign up because we're going to order all of the books here and then we'll, we'll get them out to people. So um, we just need to know how many books we need to order. There is a journal that comes with it that's about $10. Uh, if you are able to make that donation for the journal because we're not going to be able to reuse those, um, that would be great if that's just really not something you can afford right now. That's totally fine. Um, we would be more than happy to gift that to you if, if that's the case. But if you are able to make that donation, that would be wonderful. Uh, and then you would get the book of the New Testament in that different order, as I said before. And if you if you are in, in your mind thinking that the New Testament is, is like... The, Katie, that's half the Bible. I mean, there's the Old Testament and the New Testament. And you want me to read half of the Bible in eight weeks? Like, uh, no, um, it's not half the Bible. So I went and, and grabbed, this is my actual Bible, the one I read on Sundays. And you can see here, this is the Old Testament here. Look at how much of that is. And then here's the New Testament. The Old Testament is like three-fourths of the Bible. The New Testament is like one-fourth of the Bible. So it's just this part right here. And I was doing a little bit of um, like New Testament fact searching. And I found out that there are 260 chapters in the New Testament. Over the course of eight weeks, that looks like 32 and a half chapters a week on average. It probably would be a little bit different. And that might sound intimidating to you. You might think, that's not helping, Katie. I was with you until you started breaking this down, but I want, you know, a chapter in the Bible is different than a chapter in a novel or a book. So I'm just gonna pull open here. This is the book of Hebrews. On one page, you have one chapter, and then here's the second chapter on one page, one page. And also if you're like, that's just, I mean, how am I gonna ever focus? Because those books are so long. Look at this, the book of Philemon doesn't even take up a whole page. It's one chapter, but it doesn't even take up a whole page. That's one book. If you could read this in like five minutes and then you have a whole book of the New Testament done. Uh, and there are others that are that short too in the New Testament. There's some that are longer, uh, but there's some of these letters are super, super short. Uh, the letter of 3rd John is even shorter than Philemon. This is the letter of 3rd John. That's pretty short. Jude, not that much longer. I think it's just a few pages. Um, 
And then the journal's going to help you reflect on what you're reading. And I think that's a really important piece of this because we can read it. I can sit down and read something, but if I'm not tasked with reflecting it or needing to talk about it um, or just having someone to talk about with it, I forget what I've done. I forget what I've read. But if I have to reflect on it, if I have to write something or, you know, if I'm writing my sermon or if there's someone that I'm talking to about it, I remember a lot more and I understand a lot more. And so the, the, there's a journaling piece, which is going to give you prompts and questions to reflect on, to ask. And then when you get together about once a week or, you know, however your group is going to handle that, you guys just discuss the questions that you've already been thinking about. So you don't have to answer questions on the spot, because I will tell you uh, as an introvert, as an internal processor, as someone who actually processes best by writing, I am not great at uh, answering things right on the spot, unless it's something I know very well. But if it's not something I've thought about, if it's not something I've sat down with and really processed and wrestled with, uh, I tend to be very non-committal and very uh, just all over the place with my answers. And so again, for someone like me, this would be helpful because I, I'm reading it, I'm writing down reflections and, and have guided questions of things to be looking for and thinking about, and then to be able to discuss it after, to be able to then, you know, did what did you think about this? Or how did you understand that? Or wasn't that weird or interesting to you? And then to just have some open conversations with people that maybe not none of you in your group are really versed in the Bible, but you know, what a gift to be able to just start talking and engaging with one another about it. Uh, and then always having the opportunity that if there, if your group comes away from a week going, none of us can understand this, none of us can figure this out. Hey, guess what I would love to have you do? Let me know. Let me know. Say, hey, we are wrestling with this. Could you help us with this? Could you give us some resources? What do you know about this? Um, because then, I can get to know you and, and be of service to you in that way. And, and if you saw the, the uh, podcast from last week, uh, Sarah kind of revealed that I'm a bit of a theology nerd. And so um, that kind of thing I find super exciting and I love to do. Uh, but also we might find that groups are, are having similar questions and it might be something worth me uh, preaching on or um, so it just can foster a lot of things that I think would be really fun. And then ultimately, ultimately, my hope would be that these groups, um, after this initial uh, challenge, would maybe uh, move on to doing some developing kind of a small group um, atmosphere together that maybe they, they go on to do another study or maybe uh, they want a fellowship together every month or um and, and for for us in the church to be able to help that, once you kind of find a, a group of people that you sort of gel with, that you're like, yeah, I like these people, I want to keep doing things with them, I want to keep learning with them, then we at the church want to help you figure out what that looks like um, and, and to be supportive and equip you and uh, give you the tools that you need uh, to be a small group. And then for us to be able to as well plug new people in uh, as they come to our church and as they come into their faith. Um, so I just see this as kind of a transition where we're moving from kind of a committee structure where, you know, you're, if you're kind of uh, mature in your faith, then you get to go to meetings and into um, working together to 
mature our faith together, to dig into God's word, to do service projects together. This summer, we're going to be doing, uh, working with Habitat for Humanity, um, Parish Care and Outreach Committees had a slide going for a little while that we have committed to helping provide 100 volunteers, 100 volunteer hours. I think it's 100 volunteers, not just our church, but we're partnering with some other organizations, but we definitely want to do our part. But what would that look like if your small group that's working on the New Testament challenge also commits to let's, as a small group, go together and work at the Habitat for Humanity in whatever way um, that that your group would be able to serve. But, but doing that together, um, I think, again, it, it creates opportunity because sometimes we get a little um, scared to maybe try something on our own. But if, if we're going to be with people that we know, people that we've uh, started to develop trust with, um, not only are you digging into God's word together, but you're also serving and having fun together. Um, I just see this as a really cool way to build up our community again once we've been kind of isolated over the last year. Um, I think it's a really great way to grow uh, in our discipleship, to have some accountability with each other, that we are, are, are reading the scriptures together, that, you know, praying together. Um, and again, it's not that, that uh, we want to kind of say you have to be in this group. I think it would be great if you were like, if you knew I don't know, of maybe six to eight people total in groups, um, depending on the group. I mean, it can be more. I wouldn't go probably too much less than that, um, maybe down to four or so. But uh, if there are people that you have uh, rapport with that you enjoy, uh, why not do this together? Why not make that the excuse to get together uh, and, and do this challenge for the summer? Maybe I'll have some sort of like... Um, uh, like prize or sticker or something like if if you can complete the New Testament challenge we'll come up with something that you will get at the end if you complete the New Testament challenge uh, I'll, I'll work on that with the leadership and see what we can come up with we'll make it something fun um, I think that would I survived the New Testament challenge maybe uh, and then we could do an Old Testament challenge but I would give you definitely longer than eight weeks to do that one um, that one might have to be eight months uh, probably not that long but um, again, what, what we're hoping to do here is just to connect people together, to be the community of faith together, to be uh, in our faith together, to be the body of Christ. And that means getting to know one another, getting, inviting people into our lives. These groups also don't have to meet at the church. They can meet in homes. They can meet at the park. They can meet wherever uh, that's up to the group how they want to do that maybe maybe you go out to eat and discuss your your journaling uh over over pizza or something actually that sounds good maybe if if there's a group who's doing that let me know i might crash that group um but i really want as many people as possible to do this because one i don't care if you've read the bible a hundred times find people that that maybe you don't know very well or maybe people that that um, have different life experiences than you and read it with them because I think they'll bring out things in scripture that maybe you didn't see because of the way that uh, 
their life has gone and what God reveals to them. And so this is always an opportunity. That's one of the beautiful things about the Bible is that every time you read it, it's a living document. The Holy Spirit is really working within the words of Scripture to reveal God to us. Uh, and and we bring ourselves to that, to that conversation. And so, um, <coughs> excuse me. So the big thing is I want as many people to do this. You can call up your friends and create small groups yourself. Or if you're like, Pastor Katie, I definitely want to do this. I don't have a small group. I don't necessarily know a lot of people yet in the church, or I don't know who would, who would be able to do this with me. That's okay. We want you to sign up and just indicate that, hey, can you help me find a group? And we will help you find a group. We'll either put a group together or we'll try to find a group that's meeting at a time that works for you and see if that would gel for you. Uh, so we're going to do everything we can to get everybody in some type of group for the summer. Um, again, eight weeks. So it's not even a whole summer. So you're like, you know, Pastor Katie, I'd love to do that, but I'm going to go on vacation for three weeks this summer. I can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can, because uh, eight weeks is really two months. And so, um, you know, maybe you do a couple in May and you maybe have to miss a little bit. That's okay. Just be flexible and figure it out. Maybe once you get your group together, look at the calendar. And then we'd also request that uh, you let us know so that if there is a single person um, that needs a group, that, that we kind of know when the different groups are meeting and what might work for that person. Um, so sign up at the church sooner rather than later. We're going to have um, sign-up sheets available, and also we'll put it on our website soon uh, for you to sign up to let us know so we can get those books ordered to work on finding your groups. If And if you are like, I, I need help with that, that's all right. You just let us know. Uh, and three, if you can make that donation to pay for the journal, that would be super awesome. Uh, and then as soon as we get those in, you, your groups can get going on that. But I'm super excited. I hope that you're starting to see this vision that we have of, of being a church where we're, we're about, again, equipping people for ministry, that it's your job to be the ministers of this church. I am here to support you, but you are here to do the ministry. And so we want people who feel equipped. And part of feeling equipped for ministry is spending time in God's word, because this is how we grow in our discipleship, is knowing who God is and knowing what God has done and knowing what God will do through us. Um, this is super important and super central to what we are um, as Christians. And so uh, if, if it's been a while since you've been in this book, or if it's been a while since you've discussed what you've been reading in this book with someone else, this is the challenge for you. And like I said, I'm going to find something fun, something uh, interesting for those who finish the challenge, uh, who read the entire New Testament, who do uh, the journaling and, 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 uh, meeting up with a small group. And then again, like I said, my hope is ultimately that these small groups can move beyond this challenge uh, into, into maybe other studies or other activities uh, of fellowship and fun uh, to help create a church where people know each other, where people feel at home, and where they feel God's love and grace, where they are known, where you are known, uh, and, and where they know God's love. Uh, because ultimately, that's what we're here for. We're here to change lives. We're here to allow people to embrace the new life that is offered to them. And I truly, honestly believe that this is one of the best ways that we can do it. And so I hope that you've caught this vision with me. Um, and I'm super excited to see where God is taking us. 
But let's start with this summer and spending a little time in God's Word. Are you with me? I hope so. God bless. Thank you for joining us on this episode of What's Going On, a video and audio podcast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. We'd love to have you join us for worship on Sundays, and we have two options available. 9 a.m. is our contemporary service, and 10.30 a.m. is our traditional service. You can find those online as well at our website, www.firstumcyankton.org, or on YouTube. 